Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. All right, everyone, welcome to September and Ernie, welcome to NFL season. Hallelujah. We are now three days away from the kickoff of the NFL season when the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams meet at SoFi Stadium on Thursday the 8th. We are ready to go and gang. Today is going to be a lot of football. But Ernie, before we dive into all the football, Mm -hmm. I'd be remiss as much as we are basketball fans as well if we didn't at least discuss The big trade this week, the Utah Jazz continue their purge of superstars, trading Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers Mm -hmm. for a nice package. I mean, just your your initial thoughts of Donovan Mitchell being traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, that's just Danny Age being Danny Age, in my opinion. It reminds me of uh, his uh, tenure with the Celtics. Uh, you know, accumulating all those draft picks, you know, and, and we'll see how that pans out. He's uh, like the Boston Celtics where he had a, a youthful coach in uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, you know, he has the he has uh, uh, <coughs> I forget what his name, <laughs> even though he was with the Boston Celtics. He has a new coach over there. Looks like the same scenario. wonder if he can if like they can strike twice over there. But in regards to Donovan, Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who was already, in my opinion, a team that's arrow was pointing upwards, uh, making the the playoffs last year. It just makes the East that much more of a gauntlet. I, 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 I don't think they're in the top tier. My top tier would still be the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and the Philadelphia 76ers, given what they've done in the offseason. I think my second tier comes down. I would include, the you know, with Durant staying there, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Miami Heat and now the Cleveland Cavaliers. That roster that they have right now, you put in Donovan, Donovan Mitchell paired with Darius Garland in the backcourt. Uh, in the in the backcourt, you, you got the you know last year's. In my opinion, could have been Rookie of the Year and Evan Mobley. You still got it. You got a very good uh, uh, senior person uh, in Kevin Love. You got another guy over there uh, uh, at the center position, Jared Allen. Uh, even Robin Lopez, who they picked up in 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 uh, in the off season, and Ricky Rubio, who actually started out terrific until he got hurt, that is a formidable lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this for for Cleveland. I mean, I think this does propel them into the upper echelon of the East. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think for me, it's still assuming that Kyrie and Durant are staying there. I still think that Milwaukee. Uh, Boston, the Nets are the cream of the crop. I actually would have Philadelphia in that next tier with Miami, Cleveland, and Atlanta. I think adding DeJounte Murray to that group, I think, solidifies them. But the East has gotten a lot Uh, harder. Yes. A lot harder. And that Cleveland team has a young nucleus. Now they have a superstar. They have Darius Garland, an all-star, Evan Mobley, a budding superstar or budding all-star in in the least, Jared Allen, a potential all-star. That's four quality guys at 25 years and younger. That's a team that if they can stay together and continue to add pieces, I think are going to be in really, really good shape. So it's clear Utah is rebuilding. They got rid of Rudy Gobert. They got rid of Donovan Mitchell. They're still trying to get rid of Mike Conley. They're still trying to get rid of Jordan Clarkson and the like. But let's just take the two trades for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and look at what Utah and, and Patrick Beverly because they traded they traded Patrick Beverly. Right. However, Patrick Beverly came from the Rudy Gobert trade. So Danny Ainge, in typical Danny Ainge fact, uh, fashion, has turned Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert into the following: Colin Sexton, Taylor Horton Tucker, first rounder Walker Kessler, Laurie Markkinen, first round lottery pick Ochai Ag- Agbaji. Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Stanley Johnson, and eight number one picks and two number one swaps. Ten total number one picks. 
and all of these players for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Danny Ainge is a criminal. (laughs) He fleeces teams. It's remarkable what he's able to get uh, in trades for for veteran talent and leveraging that. I mean, they have so many number one picks going forward, and that's spaced out between now and 2029. And this is a pretty competitive team. Yeah, it is. You keep Mike Conley, you have Colin Sexton, you have THT coming off the bench. Walker Kessler will give you similar defense to Gobert. I'm not under the illusion that he's a Gobert. Laurie Markadin is a a solid four that can shoot. You have depth with Malik Beasley and Stanley Johnson. You still have Bojan there, Mm -hmm. Bogdanovich, who they're trying to trade as well. Um, That team will certainly not be in the top echelon, but they could still compete from that 7 to 10 slot. For a playoff, assuming they keep Mike Conley and some of the others. But Danny Ainge doing what Danny Ainge does. uh, I like this for Utah. I think they realized that they were starting over again. And the amount of assets that they have going forward is remarkable. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you know, this is uh, this is the plan that Danny Ainge did in Boston. This is this is that master plan that uh, he seems to be starting all over again in Utah. It, It worked. I mean, not to the. Uh, to the, I, I guess, end result where they Boston actually won a championship, but you know they did make it to the NBA Finals last year. Who knows? Who knows what happens now? You can say that, hey, okay, you know what? Those the two teams that they made the big trades to, uh, probably uh, on the low end as far as draft lottery picks. But when you have though that many lottery picks spread over. A really like a, a seven-year period a lot can happen in two or three years and those high lottery draft picks even albeit in the first round may come down to like 13 14 could be a you know uh could be lottery picks basically yeah you, you know, just so you just you never know like with know. the celtics i mean those those picks went for players like marcus smart and tatum and brown and williams those are all the results of Years of accumulating yeah. trades yeah. I, I, uh, and the ability to get those assets. So that that's a that's a again. Danny Ainge is remarkable. There's no one quite like him in terms of doing this part of trading. It, the fact that he got what he got for Rudy Gobert is remarkable. And then to get All Star caliber player and Colin Sexton. Let's not forget two years ago he averaged 25 points a game. Yes, he was injured last year. Darius Garland kind of passed him, making him expendable. Um, but if he can average 20 to 22 points for them, you know, they're they're getting a, a good quality player with all that depth and 10 number one picks. So exactly. The people in Utah can't be too disappointed, I think. I, I know they have the all-star game there this year. Chances are there won't be any Utah players there. Um, yeah, and the New York Knicks are probably pissed. Yeah, because they thought they had <laughs> Donovan Mitchell and they backed out a little bit. Yeah. And they Cleveland stepped up and snatched them. But the package that Utah got from Cleveland is better than oh, the package def- that they were going to get Definitely. from the Knicks anyway. So uh, Utah did well for themselves. So that's enough NBA. I mean, we've got two months to the season started, but we can't be the sports rivals, basketball fans, and not discuss the Donovan Mitchell trade. But Ernie, let's jump into the NFL. Sure. Rosters got down to the 53-man rosters on Tuesday. I don't think there was any real big surprises. I think the biggest news is probably the renegotiated one-year contract leaving Jimmy Garoppolo staying in San Francisco uh-huh. with the contract stipulating that he cannot be traded and they cannot franchise him at the end of the year. So I think this is a perfect scenario because I think for Jimmy Jimmy G, right now he's possibly damaged goods, which is why I think... His trade value was minimal because he had a shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. This gives him a chance at worst to sit out the year in San Francisco, make a minimum of $10 million, and then hit the market again next year. For San Francisco, they were able to lower his cap hit from $25 million to $10 million with incentives, mm-hmm. but they have the security in case Trey Lance is erratic and doesn't result in the quarterback that they hope he'll be immediately they have a viable quarterback alternative that took them to one Super Bowl and barely missed taking them to a second mm-hmm. as the backup because that roster in San Francisco is Super Bowl ready. The only thing, the only two questions are, can they stay healthy and what will Trey Lance do? Your thoughts on Garoppolo staying in San Fran? Either Garoppolo is getting paid under the table right now or he's one hell of a guy. And I got to 
finger it's the later we all i i mean the the what made it difficult for his trade was that of that 26 million dollars salary no one wanted to take that uh you know that amount of a uh, cap hit on uh you know but by him renegotiating it down to 10 i mean he he takes that uh he put he leaves a lot of money i guess off the table i don't know how they restructure it uh, uh i'm sure he's not really losing uh, that $16 million difference, but I'm sure it's going to be diminished. Uh, but that's that's taking it for the team. I don't, I don't know if that's coming from his days in New England when he saw Tom Brady, you know, taking a financial discount. But let, I, it's a surprise to me. Let's just say that. I, you, you normally don't... You normally don't see uh, any athletes in any sports taking that type of a discount, but it works for the San Francisco 49ers, and apparently it's fine for Garoppolo. I knew he got along with, uh, you know, the coaches there in San Francisco, even with all the trade talks happening. You saw him, uh, you know, uh, be very tight, very tight with uh, the coaching staff there. So I'm, I, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, but I'm still without being surprised i mean being that i'm not surprised it's it's refreshing to see you know that kind of uh commitment to an organization yeah so i think for for me as a rams fan anything that strengthens san francisco i'm opposed to so i wish they would have got rid of him and not had that security Mm -hmm. blanket right but they did they did do that i didn't really see too many surprises anywhere else i mean i think there's there's always going to be people that are cut that maybe are on the margin that get picked up by other teams. Like I heard that Trey Sermon was having a great camp as a running back for San Francisco. He got cut. Mm -hmm. He's now in Philadelphia, but nothing that's too surprising for me in that regard. Anything that surprised you maybe with your Steelers or anyone else? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I've been, I mean, I've been an NFL fan for, for such a long time. I don't really give credit too much credits into, uh, you know, the preseason on, you know, who does well and who doesn't. You know, I've seen 0-4 teams, uh, you know, go 4-0 and in the opening parts of the opening, uh, you know, in the beginning part of the season. I've seen teams who go undefeated in the preseason, you know, go, you know, 3-13 and 13 <laughs> during the season. Uh, I've seen individual players run for, you know, 300 yards in the preseason and and don't even get half of that during a full regular season so whatever happens preseason is preseason uh i think the coaches are there they know what they have i think a lot of it has to do uh what happens in actually training camp and actually the practice sessions i i really think the show part is you know when they play this the 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 preseason games but we have to remember folks Preseason games are a vanilla offense, vanilla defense. You can pretty much, the defense can pretty much call what the offense is going to be doing. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's pretty much black and white. You don't have the the fancy offensive schemes and whatnot. You're not trying to trick anybody. Uh, very simplistic football, if you can say that. Week one will give you a better indication. Uh, obviously, it's going to give you a better indication. So... Whoever you thought was going to be surprised or who should be put in there, uh, again, uh, you might you might think you have more information than uh, a lot of the NFL coaches do. I mean, it's preseason, folks. Let's look, remember what happened last year. Let's remember what happened in prior preseasons. And let's really, let's just get down to good football. Yeah, I mean, so, so gang, a few weeks back, we did our season preview, uh, and I wanted to just revisit it with Ernie and, and give you guys our opinions if anything has changed. I mean, we did that around three weeks ago. I'm looking at my predictions here. There's not a whole lot that has changed. Uh, you know, I know for, for me, I, I had Buffalo over the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think the only thing for me, Ernie, I'll, I'll go first and then I'll turn it over to you. Sure. I had Tampa Bay as my number one seed in the NFC. And I believe now with the injuries on the interior of that offensive line and Chris Godwin's slow recovery um, from the ACL, that'll probably give them a slower start. I'm not sure Tampa Bay is going to be the number one seed. I think the two best teams in the NFC are San Francisco and Los Angeles, and they're in the same division. So I think in some way, whoever wins the Rams in San Francisco will end up being the number one seed uh, in the NFC. I think Tampa Bay will drop down. 
to a battle with Green Bay and Philly for the two, three, and four slots. Um, but I think the Rams in San Francisco are headed for another drama-filled season of gut-wrenching football for us Rams fans. That's how I see that. In the AFC, I, I no changes for me there. I still believe Buffalo's the cream of the crop. I think Kansas City, Cincinnati, Indianapolis will win their divisions. I still believe in Baltimore, Miami, and Denver to make the playoffs. Although, again, as we talked about earlier, it would not surprise me if anyone came out of the AFC West. I could see the Chargers making it instead of Baltimore or Miami. I could see the Raiders making it as well. Um, but that's kind of how I see it right now. I don't have too many changes. I do think that Dallas suffered a major injury this week. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line was already in a flux. And now you take Tyron Smith, the anchor of that team's offensive line for the last decade. Right. And his hamstring is shattered. And he's going to be out for about four months. Meaning that they only have Zach Martin and one other offensive lineman that's still there. If they can generate a running game, mm-hmm. you know, behind Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, that's a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, considering he lost all his wide receivers except for CeeDee Lamb. So I think Dallas, if they have any other key injuries, are in real trouble. But as is, I think Dallas is going to be around a 500 team at best. I see Philadelphia really as a solid pick in that division. What are your thoughts? A- any changes for you? Any, yeah. any, any differences? Not, I mean, not, not really. I mean, uh, you know, like you, I, did you pick Buffalo to, the, to have the best? Yeah, I had yeah. Buffalo as my number one seed. I, I, I had Buffalo as the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, well, I, I had Buffalo as the number one seed, but I don't have them as... I think I believe I had them being... Uh, you have the over, Bengals. Yeah, I have the Bengals winning. Actually, I have the Bengals winning everything. I think I have them... I, I remember them uh, beating the San Francisco 49ers, who I had coming out of the NFC. You know, out of the NFC. Uh, again, the NFC West... Other, you know, those two, San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and the LA Rams, I mean, they're going to have to battle it out. Uh, I I think there's going to be a little bit turmoil in Arizona. I don't see them off to a, a hefty start. And for the last two seasons, the Arizona Cardinals kind of dwindled on the second half. So we'll see how that works out this year. But I still think San Francisco and the Rams are going to be battling for that. Uh, the NFC South, I believe I still had Tampa Bay. I don't think I had... You know, New Orleans is, uh, you know, they're going to miss Sean Payton. I think that's going to be an issue for them. Uh, I believe I had, if I can remember correctly, I had Minnesota uh, in the NFC North uh, squeaking by the Green Bay Packers, uh, maybe with the same record, but just based upon, you know, common opponents and uh, head-to-head. I really like the Chicago Bears. Uh, but just not enough room for them to hit the playoffs. And I do see Detroit uh, improving, but not that much. Really not much change in the in the NFC. And you know what? Same goes for the AFC. And, I, and just to go back on your uh, change for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, injuries will happen. This is a 17-game season. Uh, they're not going to be, I mean, I can guarantee you major injuries are going to happen week one, week two, week three, and so forth. Uh, and it's going to happen to multiple teams. We've seen it with the, with the Baltimore Ravens, and they were able to overcome it. Good teams find a way to do it, uh, to, to put it in short, I'm not going to change my feelings about the Dallas Cowboys. I believe I had them squeaking by the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East, and I'll just keep it at that. But no, ma- no major changes for me. Cincinnati to reach the Super Bowl as well as San Francisco and Cincinnati to, to, to win it their second time around. Now, gang, we're going to start something that we did last year, and, and I, I'm just kind of thinking off the cuff here, so I'm going to put Ernie on the spot in yeah. a little bit. One of the things that we did last year, we did, we did a couple of things. We gave you our top five were our top five NFL teams week after week after week. We, we shared with you who we believe are the top five teams. And we also, for all you betters out there, we gave you our two best bets. We're going to start that again this year. I'll go first because I'm putting Ernie on the spot here. We didn't prepare for this. But my top five teams in the NFL, number one would be Buffalo. Number two would be the Rams. Number three would be San Francisco. Number four would be the Bengals. And number five would be Tampa Bay. 
until Tom Brady leaves, they're going to be in my top five. That's who I have as my top five teams entering this year. Now, you may be surprised that I have Rams, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. Three of my five are from the NFC, but I just think that's because in the AFC, you're going to have a gauntlet of teams just battling each other that it's going to be very hard to run the table in the AFC because there's so much more overall top to bottom strength in the AFC as there are in the NFC. So Bills won, Rams and 49ers 2-3 in some combination, Bengals at 4 behind Joe Burrow, and at number 5, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and Tom Brady. Your top 5, Ernie, as you see fit right now? I, I'm going to start with the Los Angeles Rams. I can't, they're the Super Bowl champs uh, until somebody beats them, and it might be in week 1. With the, with them facing Buffalo, they're, <laughs> they might be. Yeah, they're good. They're 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 good. They're my number one. I mean, I, they're they're the Super Bowl champs. You know, they're number one. Uh, my second team would be you know, who? Yeah, you did put me on a spot over there. I, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills on top of there. I mean, they were what thirty seconds away from getting into the NFC Championship on on an boy. Incredible game against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, but to me, they just got weapons galore on both sides of the ball, offense, defense. They're they're very hard to find uh, fault with them. So I'm going to put them at number two. Uh, my number three team would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. I think they really cured what was ailing them in the playoffs, which was their offensive line. Agreed. They showed that they brought in, they, they showed that their previous weakness in prior years was in the defense. They brought in the right free agencies that really gelled together quickly. To me, they are a really big power. That's why I have them in the Super Bowl. I still think they need to gel at this point in the season. I have them at number three. The number four team is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. I have them going to the Super Bowl, as you remember. Uh, but I still think with Trey Lance uh, not even having his first start out there, uh, it's going to be it's going to take time for that's still a good team. One man does not make uh, a team, uh, but he is in a very very important uh, position, the, the most important position in. In, in football, in my opinion, uh, that's but you know the, the rest of that team is solid, stack solid. So I have the San Francisco 49ers at, my, at at number four, number five. So so far we have the same four teams, okay, uh, just slightly different places, but the same four teams in our top four. Who's your number five? I had Tampa Bay, as you remember. I'm guessing you're going to go somewhere in the AFC. I am. I'm, I'm looking at AFC West, and I think. The gauntlet, what you said that's going to happen in the AFC West, that really the last place team who you pick could be the first place team coming into the season. I'm going to stick with, uh, you know, I'm going to stick with the Los Angeles Chargers, whom I predicted to to take that division. I'm taking them at my number five. If you can, if you can play in that division and, and, and win it, you deserve to be in the top five, in my opinion. That's, yeah, that's that's a that's brutal tough. division. That's a that's a tough division. So, gang, there's a difference between you know, at least for me, I, w- I won't speak for Ernie, but who I believe are the five best teams and who I believe have the five best rosters, and I believe Ernie's pick there with the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe they have, along with San Francisco and Buffalo, the three best overall top to bottom rosters offense defense special teams when you have a good offensive line with the chargers you have justin herbert you have a wide receiver core of keenan allen mike williams joshua palmer you have austin eckler you have a defense you have khalil mack and joey bosa you have duran james that is a loaded roster for me, it's just a matter of can they put it together and can you know the, the coach, Brandon Staley, not be so aggressive like he was last year and mm-hmm. fine-tune his coaching a little bit to get them to the next level because that roster is good enough to compete for the AFC Championship. And we could have two of the best teams in the whole league 
playing in the same stadium in SoFi in Los Angeles. So I like that pick with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I have no hesitation. They just have to prove that they can do it, exactly. that they can win because they exactly. have not done so recently. All right, gang. So we'll be doing that every week. Every week we'll go through our top five with you. We'll share with you. So after week one, we'll share with you after the week one games who we have in the top, uh, in our top five. Now, this one is going to be more fun. We're going to go through, we're going to give you our two best bets. Ernie will have his two best bets. I'm going to have my two best bets. We're going to share that with you as we go through this. But we're going to go through each game now quickly. We're not going to you know, dive into the details for every single game. But quickly, we'll take the spread of each game. We'll share with you our opinion on that particular game. If it happens to be our best bet, we'll go ahead and share that with you. So we're going to start with the first game. On Thursday, the Buffalo Bills are giving two and a half points to the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. Ernie, what do you think about that? Okay, this is one of my picks. I'm 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 gonna run with with trend over here. I mean, let me give you this. Uh, under under Sean McVay, the LA Rams are five and zero on opening day. Okay, as the defending Super Bowl champions in the last seventeen years. Defending Super Bowl champions open up at 14 and 3. Two and a half points does not make me confident to buck those trends. Uh, Buffalo last year lost on their opening day uh, game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then again, I just got to mention it. The Rams are defending Super Bowl champions. Two and a half points, Rams being the home dog. People say home dog. That's the easy bet. I am taking the Rams two and a half. The trend on the over under has been slightly going down. I think it opened at 55. Last time I saw it at 54. I believe that goes down to 50, 51. Well, right now it's 52 and a half. Okay, I think it goes down to 51. My final score Rams 27, Buffalo 24. Okay, I hope you're right. I don't want to say anything else. I just hope Ernie's right there because, <laughs> you know. This has got to be the the Super Bowl champs tend to open up the season, you know, either on Thursday night football now or on Monday night football before. But this has got to be one of the hardest opening games, certainly for the Rams. Ernie talked about on the Sean McVay era, uh, era their five and zero in the week one. That's because we're normally playing teams like Detroit in week one, (laughs) not playing who I believe will be the Super Bowl champion Buffalo Bills. But I think the fact that here's the deal. If this spread was the Rams giving at all one to two and a half points, I would take Buffalo. But I think the fact that the Rams are underdogs at home as Super Bowl champs, getting their rings and all of that stuff is going to piss them off. And I think they come out ready to play and they're going to be as healthy as they're going to be all season in week one because nobody played all preseason. <laughs> so we'll see how that works. So I agree with Ernie on that one. I don't have it as a best bet, but I, I, I'm hopeful the Rams will cover that spread and come out with a victory. So let's go to Sunday's games. Now, this one is one of my picks. You have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings in an early season matchup of what is sure to be a battle for the NFC North. In this game, you have the Green Bay Packers as a one and a half point road favorite. I like the the Minnesota Vikings plus the one and a half to beat the Green Bay Packers outright. If you remember last year in the first game, the Green Bay Packers got slaughtered last year. Mm -hmm. I believe it was 31 to three um, to, I I forget who who the team was, but it wasn't one of the best teams and they got just absolutely shellacked before they turned it around. I believe the Minnesota Vikings with their new coach, their new offense at home, rival game against the Packers will come out ready to play. I believe the Packers will be better at the end of the year as Aaron Rodgers gets a chance to work with the new wide receivers let's not forget Tunyon is still on the pup list he just came off the pup list Lazard is their new number one a bunch of young wide receivers that's going to take some time to gel I don't think that happens in week one I have the Vikings winning this actually by 10 points um, over the Packers wow 10 points I mean I'm going to ride with you with the Minnesota just because it's Minnesota and you know Green Bay minus Devontae Adams I, 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 I'm going to pick Minnesota on that I, I think it's going to be a much closer game on uh, than that, uh, but I agree with you. Minnesota at home uh, as the uh, home dog 
Okay, so the next game is the New Orleans Saints at the Falcons. The Saints are five and a half point favorites. The Falcons are in here is a complete rebuild. Now, you guys know they were from Hawaii. We hope that Marcus Mariota, first of all, can stay healthy for the whole season. And then he can actually produce like he's not been able to produce in a starting role in the last four seasons. But I think the Saints defense is the real deal. And I think the Saints defense is going to provide a steep challenge for the Falcons. The question is... Where is the Saints offense? What's right. going to happen with Jameis? He's been sidelined most of preseason with the ankle. Where is he going to be at? Kamara is not suspended. He's going to be there. What do we expect out of Michael Thomas and Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry? Uh, how do they replace Terrence Armstead on the offensive line? The Saints defense to me is one of the premier defenses in the NFC. So I think they're going to be able to shut the Falcons down. The key is going to be who can the Saints cover this five and a half point spread? If I had to guess, my best bet on this game would be the under. I believe it goes under 42 and a half. I can see a 17-13 type game here. Um, But if I had to pick laying the five and a half points with the Saints or plus the five and a half points with the Falcons, I would lay it with the Saints, but not a strong opinion there. Three for three over there. I like the Saints, uh, you know, giving the points. I don't think... Uh, you know, the cohesion will be there. I, I, I hope I'm wrong because, you know, I uh, got to root for the local boy in Mariota. Uh, but it's just uh, this is the NFL, folks. I mean, you got to you got to mature fast and, and, and furious. And I, I, I just don't I really think Kamara is going to, you know, uh, prove himself. I really think that with the additional weapons, I think Jameson, uh uh, Jameson uh, will be a little bit more gunslingerish. I think last year was that in between. I think with a new, uh, you know, with the change in uh, which uh, with uh, Peyton gone, not that he held them back too much, but I think the reins get li- a little bit loosened. I think he was too conservative last year. Didn't really play Jameis Winston football. I think that comes off a little bit. I actually like the over on top of that, and I think it's going to be a double digit win. Okay, let's move on to the 49ers at Chicago. The 49ers going into uh, the confines in Chicago, laying seven points. Ernie, your thoughts? 49ers Uh, minus seven at the Bears. It really depends. See, this is the big thing about Trey Lance. I think he's gonna I think he'll do well as the season moves along. This is gonna be his first game out there. Uh you know, and I just I, I, I like Chicago. I think uh, I mean, I don't like them to be uh, a Super Bowl contender, but I really like them to be an improvement over their 20, you know, their 2021, 20, 22 version uh, by at least two, two games th- this season. Uh, and I, ex- you know, I expect Trey Lance to uh, do well in the season. But I think this game he struggles because of you know uh the expectations it's one thing if you're gonna go out there and nothing is expected of you if your team is uh you know the houston texans or the seattle seahawks but when you're expected to be a super bowl contender that is a lot of pressure folks i and and i think it's just going to take time for trey lance because i love his ability and if you've been listening to this podcast i raved about that this guy uh when he was uh you know, he was a, uh, you know, still at, uh, still in college, but I'm going to go with the Bears. The Bears. Okay, I agree. I, I think at San Francisco, you guys heard what I just said. I believe that they and the Rams are right there at two and three for the best teams in the NFL. However, I do agree that I think Trey Lance in his first start may struggle a little bit. Debo Samuel is a game time decision. He's having some knee issues. If he doesn't play, mm. there's no way that they cover this. They cover this spread. Um, but Debo tends to be a gamer. But I believe that Justin Fields is going to be very frustrated. I think. You know, we did our draft fantasy draft previews over the last couple of weeks, and if you follow fantasy drafts, you'll know that of all the quarterbacks that were drafted last year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Um, Of all of those, Trey Lance has the highest fantasy ranking. I think Justin Fields looks at that and and gets motivated Mm -hmm. to play a little bit out of his league. 
I think the 49ers win a squeaker, but the Bears cover the spread. Now, the biggest game of the week for Ernie. His Steelers going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is laying six and a half points. What are your thoughts, Ernie? The Bengals laying six and a half. Mitch Trubisky's Steeler debut. I'm sure you have the Steelers winning in by two touchdowns. I'm, 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 I don't have the winning, but I'm going to take them with the points. <laughs> Let's just say that. I don't, I'm not high on this offensive line as I was earlier. In preseason, I think there's a lot of chemistry that needs to be built on that offensive line. Yeah, if you guys remember, after the first preseason game when the Steelers played the Seahawks, Ernie was just euphoric with their offensive line. Then he realized after week two that Seattle was a college football team. (laughs) (laughs) And his tone shifted. So you're worried about the Steeler offensive line, but you have them covering the spread. I have them covering the spread. I think Mitch Trubisky will get it done. I think the... You know, the inclusion of, uh, you know, what, uh, not the inclusion, but, you know, with weapons like Fryermuth out there, uh, you know, George Pickens, the rookie out of Georgia. I think Deontay Johnson uh, will prove that, uh, you know, he is, a, he is worth his contract. And I look for a big bounce back for Chase Claypool. I, I think he had a very disappointing sophomore season. I sure hope so because I drafted him in both my yeah, fantasy yeah, leagues well, in the last 24 I, I, hours. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I, I, I think he's going to be a very underrated wide receiver. But I'm riding on this defense. This defense is for real. I mean, T.J. Watt didn't even look like he, he uh, was trying preseason. And it is preseason, but when he was playing, he was playing against first stringers out there, and he coasted to two and a half sacks. I mean, and he he played what seven series or something like that. Uh, uh, and then you got Highsmith on the other side who rested during preseason. He is he is going to be a monster. That defense is for real. Miko Fitzpatrick in the backfield. I think you're going to see a revamped uh, middle linebacking core with the inclusion. Uh, Miles Jack back there. Steelers will cover the spread, unfortunately. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are just going to be just too tough. Uh, I look for a squeaker on there. I say it's going to come out to be 24-20. I, you know, I, I agree with that. I actually think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than that, believe it or not. So here, here's the deal. I, I, I believe the Steelers are going to cover the spread. I believe in the Steelers' defense. Here's the reason why I believe they're going to cover the spread. Joe Burrow had an appendectomy a few weeks back. The recovery from the appendectomy was harder than expected. Mm -hmm. He lost a tremendous amount of weight. He's just now, this week, starting to practice with the team and gain some weight. I believe that has an impact. He hasn't had a chance to work with this new offensive line. He lost a tremendous amount of weight from a major surgery, removing an organ from your body just a couple of weeks ago. I believe he's not the Joe Burrow that we saw at the end of last year or we're going to see this year, who is could be with Josh Allen, one of the two favorites to win the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he's there in week one coming off an, you know, an appendectomy. I think the Steelers keep it close like they did last year at Buffalo. Nobody mm-hmm. thought they'd go into Buffalo and win. Correct. And they kept that game close. They held the Bills to what? three points or 10 points yeah. it was a very low yeah. scoring game i can see something similar happening here i'm not sure i picked them to win but i do pick them to be close and i think the score is going to be lower than people think because i think people think joe burrow is going to be high scoring but i believe that appendectomy gives the steelers a chance to upset them in this game but certainly keep it close so let's move on to the next one the philadelphia eagles at the Detroit Lions, the Philadelphia Eagles are laying four points for me. Um, this game could go either way. I don't really have a strong opinion. I think the Detroit Lions are, are much more improved. I think they, the Eagles went in there last year and waxed them. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a fantasy football stud this year. Now, whether that translates into wins or not is remains to be seen. Um, Miles Sanders is questionable, but they have a loaded uh, wide receiver room with A.J. Brown. If I had to guess, and this is one I don't have a strong opinion on, I hope the Lions can cover this four-point spread because I'd like to see them start the season well. But if I had to bet, I'd lay the points with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a wimp on top of this because I believe in everything you just said. I think this is gonna be a push. I think they I think four is right on the money on top of this. I like it. I, I like it. Seventeen to twenty one. Uh, Detroit is, in my opinion, improved, uh, but not improved enough. Uh, they gave a lot of good teams a lot of hard troubles mm-hmm. last year. I mean, they, and and they played well in the second mm-hmm. half of the season. Uh, so, but again, if I were a betting person, I would stay away from this game. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So now we get the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are laying three points. The Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tonga Vailoa. Raheem Mostar, Chase Edwards-led offense against the Patriots. I think this is one of your big games, isn't it, Ernie? Yep, this is one of this is one of my picks, and I'm gonna go based upon what happened last year. I mean, you're talking about the uh, Miami Dolphin squad that went there in their last nine games were eight and one at the end of the to, to finish off. They add on Tyreek Hill, like you uh, like you mentioned, Jaden Waddle is in his second year with his former college quarterback. Uh, and they added Raheem Mostert, uh, as well as they have Jaseki at tight end position. I think that left side of their offensive line with Teron Armstead and Liam Eckenberg, uh, Eckenberg is going to open holes for Mostert. Uh, I really like that Miami offense. I just don't think uh, their defense will be just as good. But New England, on the opposite side, they ended the year losing four out of their last five games, including uh, a 22-33 loss to Miami in Week 18. I think that continues. I like Miami to win this game 24-17. Okay, so just last year when they started the season, it was Miami up into New England to a beat Mac Jones in his rookie debut. I agree with you wholeheartedly here. I just don't know what to expect from the New England Patriots. I mean, just the whole Joe Judge uh, losing Josh McDaniel, and you have Joe Judge and and uh, the ex, you know, Detroit coach, defensive coaches calling the offense. I think it's a mess there. Their best wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, is questionable for the game. I'm a big believer in Rahandre Stevenson. I think he's going to have a big year at running back. But I like the Miami Dolphins. I think they come out motivated, on fire. I think Miami wins this game by double digits. So I agree with you there. I love your your pick of the Miami Dolphins as one of your best bets. So let's go to the Ravens at the New York Jets. The Ravens are giving seven. Remember, Zach Wilson is out. Joe Flacco will be the quarterback. Ernie, what do you see in this game? The Jets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know what? I'm actually taking the Jets. Taking- I, I think the Jets will cover the seven points. Wow. I actually think the Jets are going to be a surprising team. I think they're much improved. I think offensively, they now have Brees Hall, their their second, the best running back pick. They have Michael Carter, who's a strong running back tandem. I think Elijah Moore, a second year wide receiver, is going to really step up. I think they have some weapons there. C.J. Ozuma from the Bengals is now with the Jets. The question is their offensive line. I know Becton went out, but they went ahead and they signed Dwayne Brown, who was a free agent, to slide into that spot. And I know it's Joe Flacco against his old team. I'm not saying the Jets are going to win, but I think they can cover this seven points against the Ravens, who still have to prove to me that Dobbins is healthy. Right. Lamar Jackson right. is motivated without his contract and all of that. I think the Ravens win, but I think the Jets cover the seven. I uh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go the opposite. I think this is gonna be a double digit win for uh, the Jets for <laughs> <laughs> for the Ravens. Uh, I just I I I believe in the talent like you mentioned over there. I don't I I don't discount that. I just think they're just too young. I really liked what. The Ravens did last year when they were injured and injured often. I really think when uh, Lamar gets his opportunity to shine because he's in a contract year, he is not going to lay off. He's just going to go for the throat on top of this. He sees a weakness there. He's going to exploit it until, you know what, He's on your, his foot is on your neck. I think the... I think that's going to happen in this game, and I like the Ravens to pounce on the Jets. You could be right. I mean, the Ravens tend to start off the year with a blowout of somebody, and I think if all the games this year, Lamar Jackson will be the healthiest in this game. Right. So you're right. I mean, defensively, I didn't talk a lot about the Jets' defense, so it's going to be a matter of 
I think the Jets will put up 21 points. Can they hold the Ravens to under 28 will be the key. Um, but Ernie likes the Ravens and by double digits. I think the Jets can squeeze under the seven-point mark. Now, uh, yawner, a who cares kind of game. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> at the Washington Commanders. Washington is laying three points. For me... This is a game I would not touch. I expect the Jaguars to be better. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take a leap this year. Uh, Travis Etienne is there. I think Christian Kirk is there. Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, their weapons have improved defensively. They drafted defense too. I think they're going to be better. Carson Wentz, who knows what to expect. Uh, If I had to pick somebody... I'm like you. I'm, I'm going to go this direction. Like the Philadelphia-Detroit game, you said that's going to be a push. This is one I could see as a push. Mm-hmm. You know, a 17-14, 20-17 Washington victory. But not a strong opinion either way. If you're a better, stay away from this one is my opinion. Yeah, I mean, since I used that push call already, I'm just going to go the opposite way just to make it controversial. You know, since we are the rivals over here, I'm going to take the fact that ATN makes a difference. Teaming up with his college buddy, in Trevor Lawrence, I think that takes the advantage. Wentz does not impress me. Out, you know, outside of Philadelphia, I think he's a, I think he's a journeyman quarterback, albeit a very talented journeyman quarterback. I just don't think he has enough to shine in Washington. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the Jacksonville Jaguars in this. Plus game. the three. Plus All right. Three. I mean, I, I can totally see that. I won't touch it, but you touch it. Now the next game is fascinating, only because it's Baker Mayfield playing against his ex-team. So the Cleveland Browns with Jacoby Brissett coming down to Carolina to face the Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are laying two and a half points. So Baker's a favorite in this game. How do you see this? Can Baker beat his old team? No, I don't think he couldn't beat the regular teams with his old team. You know, and that's when they were Super Bowl favorites on paper for the last two years. And I think Baker Mayfield was a big part of them not being able to do what they kind of do. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't discount those rumors that were happening in the office uh, off season where they said he was a malcontent and you know really didn't listen. Uh, you know, and, and tigers don't shed their stripes. I think that is going to be an effect in lock. He may have the motivation. I just don't think he does it. With the Carolina Panthers, I just don't think he he can motivate them. I think he brings baggage, and people talk in the NFL. They probably talk to other people, you know, in the Cleveland Browns organization, other you know, uh, his his old teammates. And I don't think anybody backs him up. I think he struggles like he struggled in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland will win. You know what? This is a game that it is fascinating because of the Baker Mayfield component. If I had to, and I don't have a strong opinion here because I could see it both ways. With the Carolina, you have Baker playing against his his old team. He's going to be motivated. You have a healthy Christian McCaffrey for week one. Mm. Who knows how long that's going to last. Um, And then on the Brown side, you have Nick Chubb. You have Amari Cooper. You have one of the better offensive lines. Good defensive lines. Good defensive lines. I actually... Agree with you. I think I would take Cleveland plus the points. This game could go either way. I could see it going either way. It'll probably be a last-second field goal one direction or the other. It should be a high-intensity game that'll be fun to watch. But if I had to pick somebody, I agree with Ernie. I would take the Cleveland Browns. The next two games, are, again, are not major games in, in my opinion. You have the Indianapolis Colts against the, the Houston Texans. The Colts are laying eight points at Houston. And then you have the New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are laying five and a half points there. Ernie, Colts and Texans, do the Texans cover the eight points? They cover it by a landslide. Just to give you last year's statistics, Indianapolis Colts outscored the Houston, uh, the Houston Texas 62 to 3. And their last game, Darius Leonard and that defense going into that last game said, if the Houston, if we do not shut out the Houston uh, Texans, it will be a bad game. And what did they do? Shut out the Houston Texans. That is embarrassing when you have a uh, when you have a defense calling you out, saying that they're going to shut you out, and you can't even put three points on the board. That plays a mental aspect. They're going to get killed in this game. 
You know, again, this is one I don't have a strong opinion on. I could go both ways. I could see the Texans covering, backdooring the eight points, Davis Mills, uh, Damian Pierce, the rookie at running back, Brandon Cooks, etc. But if I had to go one way or the other, I would agree with Ernie. I think the Colts have too much firepower with Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman. They don't have Darius Leonard yet, you know, because he's kind of banged up. But I think they have enough around them to control the Texans and to cover that spread maybe by 10 points. Tennessee minus five and a half against the Giants. The Giants are another team that's fascinating this year. Daniel Jones was a mess last year. never recovered from the concussion. Saquon Barkley looks to be healthy. Again, we've seen this before. There seems to be a lot of hype behind the Giants because they have Andrew Thomas now on one side of the line, the Alabama rookie tackle that they drafted in the first round on the right side of the line. They feel good about their line. They feel good about their receivers. Tennessee minus five and a half. They have the better coach. I think Tennessee covers in week one. I'm going to agree with you on top of that. I think it's going to be, I don't, you know, I, I really think that the, I don't think it's going to be a runaway because just that, that's just not how Tennessee plays. I think, you know, I, I think they, they turned this to a, a ball control game, but, you know, they just have enough firepower. I think they coach to cover the spread, but they cover the spread by enough. Okay, so the next three games are fascinating games. You have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cardinals laying four and a half points on the road. You have the Las Vegas Raiders at the the Los Angeles Chargers, although that's going to feel like a Raider home game. And you have the Chargers laying three points. And in the Sunday night game, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cowboys and Tampa Bay is laying one and a half. So let's start with the Chiefs and Cardinals. I think the Cardinals start fast. The last two years, they've started fast. Kansas City doesn't always start fast. I like the Cardinals to cover the four and a half. I actually like the Cardinals to win the game outright. Wow. You know what? I take that wall back. But, no, I don't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm, gang, we don't rehearse what we say. <laughs> I'm, I'm flip-flopping just based upon the offseason of Kyler Murray. Uh, but I'm going to agree with you on top of that. I think Kyler Murray uh, is out to prove his critics, critics wrong. I, I think he's... He's going to bounce back from, you know, this this offensive, uh, this offseason that, uh, you know, basically challenged his his motivation to be a professional quarterback, garnering that uh, that uh, that contract that he has. I, I think he I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say that they win it outright now. The only hesitation that I have is, remember, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. Right. Rondell Moore is questionable to play in this one. But I still think with James Conner and Zach Ertz and, and A.J. Green and they brought in Hollywood Brown, I think they have enough. I think Kansas City are in a similar position. I think they'll be better late when Juju yeah. and Scalding and all those new wide receivers, the Sky Moore, get a chance to be incorporated a little bit. I think Kansas City will improve going forward. I think the Cardinals cover this game. Now, the Raiders and Chargers, for a week one game, this is going to be high intensity. And because of the caliber of that division, a very important game. I like the Chargers at home, even if it's going to be a Raider uh, home crowd because the Chargers are not well liked in Los, in Los Angeles and the Raiders still are. I believe it's going to be a close game, but I believe the Chargers with the roster like you talked about top five in the league. Um, I think the Chargers narrowly win this game and probably win like 27, 24, 31, 28. So the spread at three points is around right. Essentially, gang, three-point spread at home means it's an yeah, even it's game. A and I think this is a pick'em game. I like the Chargers possibly to win by three. Yeah, and you you, you, stole, you stole my thunder right there. I mean, it's a pick'em game because like you said earlier, I mean, I think it's going to be a home crowd for the, for the Raiders. I would stay away from this game. I mean, it could go either way. I, uh, it might come down to turnovers in this game. If 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 if, if I'm going to be, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to come down to that. I don't think either of these teams, uh, you know, uh, puts it away. Uh, in, in, you know, in the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be a battle to the end. It might become. It might come down to whoever has the ball last. You know, so it could be either way. Just because uh, I picked the Chargers 
early. I'm going to stick with them as, as my pick. I think they covered the three. All right. So Tampa Bay at Dallas. So this is fascinating because last year, Dallas was at Tampa Bay for the first game of the year. Dallas gave Tampa Bay all they could handle before Tampa Bay narrowly squeaked out a win. We talked about Tyron Smith being out. We talked about the injuries to the interior of Tampa Bay's offensive line. Dallas's best defensive players are on the edges. That's where Tampa Bay's best offensive linemen are. I believe Tampa Bay has enough to off to hold off Dallas and win this game 31-27. I look at it the opposite. I really like Dak, Dak Prescott in this in this game. Uh, I think this is the year where Father Time actually beats Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady has has I I, I just think that Tampa Bay has done it with smoke and mirrors as regards to their aged players. I think with Gronk not being there, again, you mentioned uh, their center being uh, having that injury that offsets Dallas's injury. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, that defense, uh, especially at linebacker, uh, I think they've got the best defensive. I think Dallas has the def- best defensive player. In that game, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Dallas on this, although it's gonna be a very close one. Yeah, I mean, until and and somebody has to show me that Tom Brady can't do it before yeah, I go true. against that, Tom that's, Brady. That's true. And I just if I had to bet on Tom Brady or Dak Prescott, I'll go with Tom Brady at least for now. So that leads us to the Monday night game, and of course the NFL would do this. Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle. To start off the season on a Monday night game, the Broncos are laying <laughs> six and a half points against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. This is my second best bet of the week. I think the Broncos win, and I think the Broncos win big. I think Russell Wilson throws for four touchdowns. I think Denver rolls in this game 35-7. Wow, wow. That's going to be big. I think he's going to be a little bit more humble than that, or I don't even think he finishes the game. Uh, I, I would say that they're going to get a double-digit win. I'm going to agree with you. I think Broncos win this by double-digit. I just don't think it's going to be by that much of a margin. Uh, let's put it on DK Metcalf. I think he's going to be the uh, maybe the only spark on that Seattle offensive side. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to point spread, that's all that matters. Denver's going to win. All right, so gang, that's it. We're not saying that every single week we're going to go through every single game, but I thought it was important for the week one that we kind of cover that because everybody has been waiting. Let's be honest. We've been waiting for six months since the Rams won the last Super Bowl for week one, so it made sense to kind of go through all of the games. I guess, Ernie, your two best bets again? My two bets, my two big bets are New England at Miami. Take Miami minus the three. And uh, the first game of the season, Buffalo against the defending Super Bowl champions uh, at in 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 uh, uh, SoFi Stadium. Take the Rams, folks. This is I'm not putting this on any particular player. I'm I'm going this based on just basic trends. The numbers just say it. Take the Rams minus two and a half. Those are my two big And bets. my two picks, again, the Denver Broncos to roll the Seahawks as Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle. And the Minnesota Vikings plus the one and a half to beat the Green Bay Packers outright in Minnesota to start the season. So, Ernie, I'm going to transition into my closing thought. And, gang, those of you that follow U.S. Open tennis, those of you that follow tennis realize that couple of days ago Serena Williams lost her third round match and is retiring from the sport of tennis in what is truly one of the most remarkable careers of any athlete in any sport ever and she went down in Serena-like fashion I mean she was playing uh, Tom Janovich a 29 year old from Australia who was playing brilliantly Tom Donovich, I was watching this match. She was making every single shot. She was forcing Serena to make every single shot. You could see the 41-year-old Serena start to tire. She made 51 unforced errors. Uh, She was up 5-3 in the first set, lost 7-5 to Tom Donovich. She was up 4-0 and 5-2 in the second set, 
almost lost, had to win in a tie break. And once it got to the third set, she had no gas left. She was steamrolled 6-1. But even in that last game, she took Tom Janovich to nine deuces before finally succumbing to Tom Janovich to end a brilliant career. But that was just, you could see the heart of a champion that has led to a storybook career. Gang, let's, let's just think a little bit about her career. 858 career singles wins, 23 Grand Slam singles titles, 14 Grand Slam doubles titles. That's 37 Grand Slam titles that she had, 73 overall tennis singles titles, She was ranked number one in the world for a remarkable 319 weeks. She's a four-time Olympic gold medalist and has nearly $95 million in tennis earnings. But as far as the statistics go, as mind-boggling as these results are, her greatest impact, her greatest legacy in tennis and in the athletic world is what she's done off the court, what she's meant to black women like Coco Goff, like Madison Keys, that are now the U.S. best threats. Coco Goff winning today as the 12th seed, advancing to her first quarterfinal. Um, all of them credit the Williams sisters, Venus and then Serena especially, for motivating them and giving them the courage to play this sport. It's like what Tiger Woods had in golf. Mm-hmm. Serena has had in tennis. But Serena's impact is even more profound because I think women of all sports look up to Serena Williams as far as what she means as an athlete and what she's done outside of the court in fashion, in marketing. Um, She is remarkable. All of this considering that she's had numerous major injuries that took her out for chunks of time. She had a baby who's now a little toddler watching her play come back from that to compete at the highest level. Serena Williams is not only the GOAT in women's tennis history, Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes of our lifetimes, Ernie. I really believe that. I think she's had that kind of a profound impact. You have the GOATs, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, I think has had that kind of an impact. Um, in total sports, especially the impact it has in raising the level of attention, respect, and and dominance that she brought to the female tennis game. Serena Williams, one of the GOATs of all time, to me, regardless of sport, regardless of gender, a remarkable career. Congratulations, Serena, uh, for everything that you've provided to the sports world, for your inspiration to billions of women around the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As Tom Janovich said after the game, she didn't expect to beat you, and she was sad she did because of all that you meant to her and everyone else in the sports world. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you 100% on top of that. She broke down barriers uh, the type of athlete that transcends her sport. I mean, you don't even have to be a, a tennis fan to to know what Serena Williams uh, meant to this world. I mean, like you said, Tiger Woods did it for golf in a really uh, uh, a sport uh, that didn't have uh, too many black players. You know, she did the same thing for tennis. Uh, even going internationally, if you want to, uh, you know, that uh, the ten uh, was Naomi. Uh, Osaka. Osaka from Japan. I mean, she might be. I'm not really sure, uh, but uh, that might have been one of her inspirations out there. But again, you know, her success transcended the sport, breaking down barriers to open it up. Uh, I, I mean, when I mean this, this is Jackie Robinson style. I mean, you know, when when you're when when you're the best in your sport, uh, at being one of the first. I mean, that's basically what she did. That's what Tiger Woods did. I meant, I, like I mentioned, Jackie Robinson did it in baseball. That's the company she shares with, and I agree with you. One of the best uh, athletes, not just female athletes, 
athletes of all time. Yeah, I, I think the Super Bowl commercial that that I, I think in a funny way, I forget what it was. It was some I don't know if it was a beer commercial or a soda commercial or a Doritos commercial. It was the one that had all these athletes in their bowling. Yeah. And then they're all joking. There's Peyton Manning and other major superstar athletes that are part of this commercial. And the commercial ends with, with Serena. Serena Williams <laughs> walking in and it's like game over. The level of respect for those athletes to do that commercial in that way shows you the respect that this woman had. Again, Serena, congratulations on a brilliant, brilliant career. Enjoy your time off and uh, Godspeed to you for a brilliant after tennis career, and I'm sure you're going to have that. So, Ernie, that wraps up another show. We started with Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell. We spent a lot of time previewing the NFL. We're both excited. I hope Ernie's right and the Rams can beat Buffalo on Thursday night. I hope I'm right and the Rams are going to the Super Bowl <laughs> again this year. But, gang, I am realistic. It is very hard for a Super Bowl team to Ag- repeat. Agreed. It's even harder for a team that loses the Super Bowl yeah. to even make the playoffs. Exactly. And Ernie has the Bengals not only making the playoffs, but, but winning, winning the Super Bowl this year. So we're excited for the NFL season. We hope you are, too. Check us out on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. And until next week, where we recap game week one of the NFL, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Mm-hmm.